Judges 19. In those days when there was no king in Israel, there was a certain Levite living on the farther side of the hill country of Ephraim who took for himself a concubine out of Bethlehem, Judah. His concubine played the prostitute against him and went away from him to her father's house to Bethlehem, Judah and was there for four months. Her husband arose and went after her to speak kindly to her, to bring her again, having his servant with him and a couple of donkeys. She brought him into her father's house, and when the father of the young lady saw him, he rejoiced to meet him. His father-in-law, the young lady's father, kept him there, and he stayed with him three days. So they ate and drank and stayed there. On the fourth day, they got up early in the morning, and he rose up to depart. The young lady's father said to his son-in-law, Strengthen your heart with a morsel of bread, and afterward you shall go your way. So they sat down, ate and drank, both of them together. Then the young lady's father said to the man, Please be pleased to stay all night, and let your heart be merry. The man rose up to depart, but his father-in-law urged him, and he stayed there again. He arose early in the morning on the fifth day to depart. And the young lady's father said, Please strengthen your heart and stay until the day declines. And they both ate. When the man rose up to depart, he and his concubine and his servant, his father-in-law, the young lady's father said to him, Behold, now the day draws toward evening. Please stay all night. Behold, the day is ending. Stay here that your heart may be merry and tomorrow go on your way early that you may go home. But the man wouldn't stay that night, but he rose up and went near Jebus, also called Jerusalem. With him were a couple of saddle donkeys. His concubine also was with him. When they were by Jebus, the day was far spent, and the servant said to his master, Please come and let's enter into the city of the Jebusites and stay in it. His master said to him, We won't enter into a city of a foreigner that is not of the children of Israel, but we will pass over to Gibeah. He said to his servant, Come, let's draw near to one of these places, and we will lodge in Gibeah or in Ramah. So they passed on and went their way, and the sun went down on them near Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin. They went over there to go in to stay in Gibeah. He went in and sat down in the street of the city, for there was no one who took them into his house to stay. Behold, an old man came from his work out of the field at evening, now the man was from the hill country of Ephraim, and he lived in Gibeah, but the men of the place were Benjamites. He lifted up his eyes and saw the wayfaring man in the street of the city, and the old man said, Where are you going? Where did you come from? He said to him, We are passing from Bethlehem, Judah, to the farther side of the hill country of Ephraim. I am from there, and I went to Bethlehem, Judah. I am going to Yahweh's house, and there is no one who has taken me into his house. Yet there is both straw and feed for our donkeys, and there is bread and wine also for me, and for your servant, and for the young man who is with your servants. There is no lack of anything. The old man said, Peace be to you. Just let me supply all your needs, but don't sleep in the street. So he brought him into his house and gave the donkeys fodder. Then they washed their feet and ate and drank. As they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city... Certain wicked fellows surrounded the house, beating at the door, and they spoke to the master of the house, the old man, saying, 
Bring out the man who came into your house, that we can have sex with him. The man, the master of the house, went out to them and said to them, No, my brothers, please don't act so wickedly, since this man has come into my house, don't do this folly. Behold, here is my virgin daughter and his concubine. I will bring them out now. Humble them, and do with them what seems good to you, but to this man don't do any such folly. But the men wouldn't listen to him, so the man grabbed his concubine and brought her out to them, and they had sex with her and abused her all night until the morning. When the day began to dawn, they let her go. Then the woman came in the dawning of the day and fell down at the door of the man's house where her Lord was until it was light. Her Lord rose up in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went out to go his way, and behold, the woman, his concubine, had fallen down at the door of the house with her hands on the threshold. He said to her, Get up and let's get going. But no one answered. Then he took her on the donkey, and the man rose up and went to his place. When he had come into his house, he took a knife and cut up his concubine and divided her limb by limb into twelve pieces and sent her throughout all the borders of Israel. It was so that all who saw it said, Such a deed has not been done or seen from the day that the children of Israel came up out of the land of Egypt to this day. Consider it, take counsel, and speak. So I mentioned that these last part of the book of Judges has been labelled by somebody the sewer of Scripture. It's a writer called Campbell who gave it that label. And you can see how disgusting this chapter was. And um, it's this period is early in the book of Judges. We're talking around about 50 years into the book of Judges. Um, it's, if you read the rest of this story, which goes over the next two chapters, you find out that the Israelites are all outraged and a man called Phineas is there and he's the high priest. Now, Phineas is the grandson of Aaron. And uh, you'll remember in the last chapter, we talked about the grandson of Moses, a guy called Jonathan, who um, he was just all misled and he, he, was, he thought he was worshipping Yahweh, but he was with the tribe of Dan and they were worshipping God in, you know, with idols and with statues. He was doing the completely wrong thing. But here we've got in this chapter, well, in the next chapter, we're going to have the grandson of Aaron, Phineas, as mentioned. He's the high priest. So... What I'm trying to say by all of that is that this story has happened at the same time as the last story, and it's early in the Judges. The, the grandson of Aaron and the grandson of Moses are all alive here. It's within 50 years of them coming into the, to the, to their inheritance. And so it's not a case of things got worse and worse and worse in Israel, and then these bad things happened. No, these are bad things that happened at the beginning of the judges period and things did of course continue to get worse but this is just illustrating how bad things actually were and Samuel said it was because they had no king so um, according to Josephus this man and this woman uh, this man had a concubine according to Josephus they argued incessantly they just didn't stop arguing and she had had enough and she left and went to her parents house he goes to get her back he stays there for three days, decides to leave on the fourth day, but the father convinces him to stay again, stays all day, stays another day, wants to leave on the fifth day. 
Father convinces him to stay again, and finally, late in the fifth day, he's had enough, and he says, I just want to go home. Now, the father is convincing them, wants them to stay, because, you know, at that time, there's no internet, there's no easy communication, travel is hard. If, if you have your daughter there, <laughs> who knows when you're going to see her next? So he just wants to maximize the opportunity. That's all it is, I think. But finally, this guy said, no, nah, look, we've just got to get going. We've already been here five days, and they go. But leaving late in the day is a dumb, dumb decision because it wasn't safe to travel at night. And we know it's not safe to travel at night because they, they're traveling past Jerusalem, the city of Jebus, and his servant says, let's stop here. And he goes, no, I want to stay among the children of Israel. So we know that the Jebusites, the other people, are not safe. That's Everyone knew that, but he assumes it's going to be safe staying with Israelites, and unfortunately, it's not. And that's the sad part of the story. It sounds this story is very, very similar to the story of um, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, where the angels are in the city and they're trying to get Lot out, and, and, and this is very, very similar story to that. And we, you know, we completely understand that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because they were so evil and they deserved to be destroyed. And the same with the, the driving out of the tribes in the Promised Land. They were so evil, and yet now we see that one of the cities of Israel has become as evil as these other places were too. And um, this is what the prophet Hosea had to say much, much later in the Bible. We're gonna to get to Hosea in about two years. But this is what the prophet Hosea had to say in chapter 9. And I'm going to read to you chapter 9, verses 1 and verse 9. He says, Do not rejoice, Israel. Do not be jubilant like the other nations, for you have been unfaithful to your God. They have sunk deep into corruption, as in the days of Gibeah. And God will remember their wickedness and punish them for their sins. So this story in the city of Gibeah is remembered way later by the prophet Isaiah. And, and, and God says, you're, you're just acting just like in the days of Gibeah. Therefore, you're going to be punished. So it gives you a bit of a sense of how God thinks about this type of thing. You know, I've heard people say, oh, the Bible's a bad book because it's got stories in there of, you know, like, and they'll tell us, you know, an example, maybe like the story that we've just been reading. But they think that just because the Bible mentions it means the Bible approves of it. But no, you've got to read the whole Bible as together and you see the, the Bible isn't mentioning it because it's approved of, it's mentioning it because it's history. This is what happened. But then elsewhere in the Bible, like in Hosea, it's very clear God does not approve of these types of things. And so some people think that, that you know, God chose the Israelites because they were special um, but stories like this show that, that they're no different to any other people group. They're just as evil, they're just as wicked. Anyone without God falls to these lengths, falls to these depths. Unless the grace of God is upon you, you too can fall to these depths. And even if you know, you're restrained externally by the law and order that we have around us, you know the, the heart of people falls to such a low place that they desire these types of things even if they don't carry them out. And so this is what we've got. What we've got here is what's called spiritual adultery. You know, it's going after things other than God. 
loving things which don't please the Lord, wanting to do things which are wrong, and, um, and, and all the while thinking that we're doing what's right or what's pleasing. And so I guess this chapter is a chapter that humbles us because it reminds us without the grace of God, we're, we are no different to the men of Gibeah or the men of Sodom and Gomorrah. We're no different to people of these other times and places that we think are so bad and we judge them with our thoughts and yet we realize that we're only different to them because of the grace of God. Heavenly Father, forgive us our sins. Forgive us for pride in our hearts, thinking that we're better than people, thinking we're better than the men of Gibeah or the men of Sodom and Gomorrah or even people around us that we look at in our day-to-day lives and we think we're better than them. Forgive us, Lord. We, we appreciate your grace, which we've received, and we ask, Lord, that we would be the recipients of more grace. Help us, Lord, to walk in humility before you, to walk in kindness and consideration, but also in strength. Lord, strength of purpose, strength of, of mind. Help us to do what's right and to know what's right. Lord, let your grace be upon us in Jesus' name. Amen.